Welcome to this faith-inspiring message from Living Streams UK. We hope you are blessed. Is it possible to experience God's miracle in a time of crisis? Crisis can be personal, financial, health, marital, family, spiritual, academic, relational, job, national, international, like the coronavirus. But we can exchange our crisis for a miracle. Today, I want us to think about some important things in God's word. How we can exchange our crisis for divine intervention. First of all, number one, we need to learn to exchange our need for God's need. If you look at the book of Numbers, chapter 14, verses 13 to the verse number 16, Moses had a personal concern about what the heathen will say and exchange that for God's need. Remember, he prayed to the Lord and said to God, If you kill them, that is the Israelites, the nations will say their God brought them out but could not take them in. In other words, Moses saw how much power God used to bring the Israelites from the land of Egypt all the way into the wilderness as they headed to the promised land. By their disobedience, God wanted to punish them and to actually wipe them out for particularly that generation. And Moses intervenes and makes that problem his personal concern. He goes to God and says, you cannot kill these people. You cannot punish them by death because the nations of the world will say this against you. He made personal what was of concern to the Lord. He appealed to God's reputation among the heathen. We also see in the book of Habakkuk, chapter 1, verses 1 through to the verse number 3, how Habakkuk made God's concern his own pain. We see over there another exchange for God's need. How about in 1 Samuel, chapter 17, David and Goliath is a story we are all very much aware of. However, the interesting thing for us to take note of is how David exchanged his battle with Goliath for God's battle. He did not make it too much to himself. He said, why, why should this uncircumcised Philistine come to try to defy the armies of the Lord? He made God's battle his own. He exchanged his battle with Goliath for God's battle. In 1 Kings chapter 17 and the verse number 7 through to the verse number 16, we also see the widow of Zarephath who made Elijah's need her own primary need. That is another exchange. So in these portions of scripture that we have looked at so far, what do we learn? We see how Moses, how Habakkuk, how David, and how the widow of Zarephath made some kind of a divine exchange. We exchange our needs for his in prayer, ladies and gentlemen. That is, through raising an argument with God in prayer, we are able to exchange our needs for his when we go before him. Habakkuk prayed, the servants of Elisha in 2 Kings chapter 6 verses 1 to verse 7 cried out to Elisha and said, This place is too small for us. 
that is they voiced out a kind of a request. That is, you might say, they prayed out loud. Listen to this one in Matthew chapter 3. This one blows my mind every time. Where Jesus was baptized in the water, when he came out praying, the Bible said, the heavens were opened. Ladies and gentlemen, can we cry out to God today and exchange our need for his when we pray the heavens are opened unto us? And so principle number one, how we can experience a miracle in times of crisis such as these Number one, we must learn to exchange our need for God's need. Many a time, we think only about our own needs. We think about what we shall eat, where we shall lay our heads, what car we must drive, and so on and so forth. The worries of life tend to make us become very internally focusing only on our needs and not on what it is that the kingdom might be needing. Can we take a pause? and think about the needs that are in God's house? Can we take a pause and think about the needs of someone else? Can we take a pause and see what need God has right now in the ministry? Can we take a pause? When we make our need God's need, we exchange that in prayer. We are placing ourselves strategically to experience a miracle. Principle number two. In a, in a joy, in a miracle, in a time of crisis, we need to learn to work for the Lord. Now we see in 2 Kings chapter 7, how that the servants of Elisha built the house for Elisha. We can read this portion. I would encourage you to go ahead in 2 Kings chapter 6 verses 1 through to verse number 7. They cut the wood, they cut the beam, and they built the house for Elisha. What you build for God, you build for yourself. They were building a house for Elisha, but they all lived in it. The widow of Zarephath made a cake first for Elijah. But guess what? The oil never ran out and the cake never ran out in the house of this widow of Zarephath. Ladies and gentlemen, what you make happen for God, you make happen for yourself. In Hebrews chapter 6 and the verse number 10, the Bible says, God does not forget our labor of love. You are laboring for God now. You are helping others. You are doing something for your family. You are doing your best for the work of the ministry. You are working for the Lord. May I assure you that you are not forgotten. God has not forgotten and does not forget your labor of love. We always reap what we sow. Seed time and harvest time never ceases according to Genesis chapter 8 and the verse number 22. And so when you work for the Lord, when you think about others, I can assure you the principle of the kingdom, you will also reap a good reward. Crisis will arise as we work for the Lord. Problems will arise, challenges will come. We will face all kinds of situations like the axe head, for instance, sinking when the servants of Elisha were building this house. The axe that they went and borrowed to cut the wood, the axe head fell into the water and sank. So problems will arise, challenges will come. But guess what? God will always be there to help us retrieve that axe. The servants called on Elisha. We too can call on Jesus as we work for him and we will see a miracle in our lives. 
when you are in the business of working for God, can I assure you today, child of God, God has got your back. Act in faith is the third principle I want us to think about today. In that same portion of scripture, 2 Kings chapter 6, Elisha says to his servants, when the axe began to float through God's supernatural miracle, he said to his servants, take it up. You see, God will do what only he can do. We must also play our part. Faith without works is dead, according to James chapter 2, verses 17, and also in the verse number 26. The widow of Zarephath acted in faith. The servants of Elisha acted in faith. The miracle was of a stick making an iron to float. Are you thinking of yourself only as a stick? God can use you to do great things for him. Are you thinking of yourself as not being able to rise in this life? God can use you if you put your trust in him. Act in faith. You and I in the hands of Jesus are like a powerful battle axe and weapons of war according to Jeremiah chapter 51 and the verse number 20. The Lord God can use you. He wants to use you to turn every crisis around if only you can believe. Can I challenge you today? Number one, exchange your need for God's need. Number two, work for the Lord. Number three, act in faith. The verse I would want to encourage you to read is 2 Kings chapter 6, verses 1 through to the verse number 7. Now, can I share some story with you of those that went before us who had the opportunity to respond to crisis in some form? You know, Nero persecuted the church and blamed the fires that, you know, it is believed that he himself started. He blamed those fires on the Christians. Emperor Nero persecuted the believers in the Lord. He killed many of them. He used living Christians as torches in his garden. It was a terrible sight to behold. The Christians stood in faith, however, and they continued to serve the Lord. That is faith in action. Despite the challenges of the day, despite the persecutions around, the Christians in the time of Emperor Nero refused to give up on their faith in God. In AD 400s, the collapse of the Roman Empire, made worse by the invading parties of the Vandals, called, who were also called the Barbarians, it brought fear to people about what would happen to the Christian church. The Christian church was so intricately woven into the Roman state that the collapse of the empire brought fears about what would happen to the church. Now, when Jerome, who is one of the church fathers, the one who also gave us the Latin Vulgate, that is the, the, the translation of the Bible into Latin at the time, when Jerome heard about the barbarians and the collapse of the empire, he literally, he literally and, and, and this is how the history tells us, he went and hid himself in a cave until he died. Fear took hold of Jerome. But let's contrast that by another father of the faith. Augustine of Hippo, when he heard it, he stimulated his faith in the Lord and 
his faith and the faith of Christians and reminded them that we have two cities. The city on earth, but we also have the heavenly city. And therefore, Christians should not fear. Augustine of Hippo, even on his deathbed, he continued to galvanize the people to resist the barbarians who were at the gate. This was a man stirring up faith in the believers of the Lord when the crisis arose. Whereas one man went and hid in a cave, another stood his ground in faith. Ladies and gentlemen, the choice is ours. We have a decision to make. In a time of crisis such as this, are we going to give up? Are we going to hide in a cave or are we going to act in faith? In the 1500s, when the bubonic plague that killed one third of Europe in the 1300s returned, Martin Luther prayed for God's protection, but he also gave practical advice for what people must do to avoid the spread of that plague. He advocated what we now call social distancing and also the various principles of hygiene at that time. At the time, Fumigation, as it was called, was used to kill the bacteria and so on. Today, we use hand sanitizers and various other um, special chemicals to kill viruses. So, the bubonic plague attacked the world at the time, or Europe at the time, and Martin Luther stood in prayer for God's protection. You and I, despite the challenges we are facing today in a time of the pandemic, we too can stand in faith we too can stand in faith while observing the principles of common sense, of, 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 of cleaning us our hands, of washing our hands, of using hand sanitizers, of wearing a mask, of taking the vaccine where needed, and so on and so forth. Despite all the various debates and conspiracy theories, we can apply common sense and help stop the spread of the virus, just like Martin Luther did in the 1500s. Another story, Francis Grimke, he lived through the Spanish flu of 1918. He was an African-American preacher of high repute. Churches were shut down in those days and there was no internet for services to continue. Grimke says, if there was anything the plague has taught people, it is the importance of coming to the house of God, because that was now taken away from people. He encouraged believers to remain in faith. Ladies and gentlemen, can I also encourage you today? As we remain in this pandemic, may you not lose your faith. May you not forsake the gathering together of the saints. May you find your way to the house of God. May you not take it for granted. Let's fellowship together. Three things, therefore, I bring to us today to challenge our faith. Number one, exchange your need for God's need in a time of crisis. Number two, work for the Lord in a time of crisis. And number three, do not hide in a cave, act in faith in these times of crisis. With this, we are able to obtain a miracle. A miracle awaits you and I. Divine grace awaits you and awaits me. May we arise therefore in prayer, exchanging our need for God's need, stepping in if there is a need in the ministry, let's step in and fulfill it. 
we must keep working for the Lord. And finally, we must continue to act in faith. The Lord bless and keep you. May his countenance shine upon you and may he grant you peace. If you have not given your life to Jesus, I invite you today to get to know the Lord. It is a matter of praying in faith and asking him to forgive you of your sins and repenting of all of your ways. Submitting yourself to him and accepting his God's offer of salvation for you. Who is Jesus Christ our Lord? He died and he rose again on the third day so that when you trust in him, you also can rise into newness of life. I invite you to pray that prayer right now. Lord, forgive me my sin. I believe in your offer of salvation for me. I repent of my ways today. Lord, I believe that you raised Jesus from the dead for me, that I too can rise into a new life today. Forgive me, make me yours. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The Lord bless and keep you. Please share this podcast on your social media platforms and I will see you again in the next one. Goodbye. We hope this message has blessed you. Do visit us at uklsi.org for more information. God bless you and we look forward to hearing from you.